the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studios, this is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm Ramsey personality George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz, and we are excited to take your calls this hour. 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Alex is kicking us off in St. Louis. Alex, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a. I'm looking at being a first-time home buyer here at the end of the year, and I'm trying to figure out how to choose the right lender. And in my search for the right lender, my local credit union gave me a, a different option I wasn't really expecting, where instead of PMI, they would add interest rate, a small amount of interest, to the interest rate of the mortgage loan. And I'm not really sure if that's worth it. I don't like the sound of that. Are they talking about mortgage points? Uh, the way they phrased it was instead of having PMI, if you're between 5 and 10% down payment, they would add a quarter point to the interest rate. And if it's 10 to 20% down payment, it would be 0.1% to the interest rate. Mm. Well, are you in a place financially to buy a house? Uh, I am debt-free as of March following Dave Ramsey's uh, financial theories. Awesome. And uh, since then, I've been saving up. I have about 20000 saved up for closing and down payment costs. Uh, it's not quite 20%, but my housing situation is changing early next year. So I figured this would be a good time to accelerate things and just go ahead and bite the bullet. Okay. Well, the issue with the PMI I'm seeing is PMI would go away once you have enough equity in the home. Whereas this added to your interest rate would just be there forever. I could refinance it. They said after that twenty percent, but uh, you could, I, but it would then incur more closing costs. Fair enough. So I just don't. I don't see that as a good option. Um, I would still shop around. I mean, obviously, our friends at Churchill Mortgage are going to treat you well, and so that's a good starting point if you want to see what all. They'll give you the whole rundown on the sheet of here's every single fee involved. They'll walk you through it, and uh, they have the heart of a teacher over there, and they'll make sure you understand what every single line means. Okay. So as far as picking a lender, I mean, at the end of the day, it is about the numbers, but it's also about the customer service, how they treat you, how they educate you, how they walk with you along the journey. And I've had an amazing experience personally with Churchill, and I learned a ton in the process too. Yeah, they're there to definitely answer your questions. So yeah, you want someone that's, um, yeah, willing to to teach you and to understand exactly what's happening. So yeah, the the added percentage to the interest rate, all that. I'm kind of with George, where I'm like, man, are you able to put ten ten percent down, Alex? Did you say or five? Uh, it would be close to ten. I okay. could probably make ten work. Depends on the final cost of the house. Sure, sure. And okay. is, is this on a thirty year or a fifteen? A fifteen year fixed rate. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That's great, Alex. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you've done you've done the hard work at this point. So yeah, I think it's just picking a lender that we always say whenever you're um, making a big decision, whether it's like with investing or helping, you know, uh, someone with your taxes or insurance or mortgages, like these big areas of our money, making sure that someone has the heart of a teacher um, that, yeah, you don't feel like s- slimy by or anything that you just actually like the person and the math works right so like both is are the win and that's what churchill really does provide uh like george was saying but yeah shop around 
um, look at the math. But yeah, the credit union uh, deal, I would run the numbers on what it would be for PMI. But then, yeah, if you if you have to go and refinance, like you're saying, you're going to have to pay closing costs and we don't know what even the mortgage rates are going to be at that point. I don't know. It just, I, yeah. I, I would just I would just do the 15-year fix with the PMI and be able to get to that 20% uh, and then that will go away. Thanks for the call, okay. Alex. Appreciate Thank it, man. Congratu- Thank you. Congratulations. First time homeowner and it's everything. Big. It's great. It's a big step in, yeah. in adulthood for sure. All right. Shannon is up next in Idaho Falls. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. <laughs> yeah, happy to take it. What's going on? Um, I have a couple of questions. So I recently became a stay-at-home mom, and um, I am needing to roll over my 401k from my last employer. Um, I know right now it's the market. You don't Obviously, you don't want to take anything out because it's low. You want to write it. But I don't know if that counts for waiting on a 401k rollover, if it's going to make any difference, if I wait a little bit, or do I just go with it and just get it rolled over, even though it's a lot less than it was six months ago? (laughs) Yeah, I would go ahead and roll it over to a traditional IRA, Shannon, um, out of your company. And just have it in there and yeah and just and you write it out so yeah definitely don't cash it out uh, and I would not leave it in your company I would roll it over just to a traditional IRA so the strings are cut it's just you and that money and you're just gonna ride the roller coaster for the next few decades yeah and this was a traditional 401k that you had uh, it was a Roth oh, okay oh, okay okay so you could do a direct rollover into a Roth IRA Without any penalties. Which and is, I would, yes, I would do that so for that's sure. that's great. And you can contact a SmartVestor Pro on our website and they can walk you through that process. I did that with an old 401k from a previous employer when I started here and they made it super simple. And so now it's just sitting there and it's in my control and you have way more options. So I like that plan. Did you have another question as well? Um, yes. My husband is self-employed and technically I am as well because we own it 50 50- uh, 50-50. Um, we, I do have a Roth IRA that we're doing for him. And so obviously I, I need to start doing that. Um, one thing I wasn't hundred percent sure of is how do you decide what 15% of your monthly income is when you're self-employed and all of the expenses are different and we we're debt free. We own our house outright. We've followed all of those steps, but I don't know how to decide what the exact amount is that we should be investing every month for the 15%. Well, I would be looking at the business and your personal um, as two different, you know, two different entities, if you will. And so out of the business, Mm -hmm. you guys have to decide, hey, what's the salary we're going to pay ourselves or what's uh, a commission, a percentage um, of the net profit that we have that we're going to pay. So you kind of need a formula for you guys of what you're going to consistently pay yourself so that you know and again it can be commission-based percentage-wise or it can just be a flat salary that sounds good that works with the business Um, but I would make it a very clean transfer meaning like hey we've decided this amount so we know that it's this percentage of the of the net revenues or um, this salary and it's that consistent so that you have the ability to say, okay, we know exactly what the take-home pay is. Because sometimes with a small business, those things are merged so often. And we want to separate mm-hmm. those to make it very, very clear of what's in the business and what are we paying out of the business. But you guys own it, so you get to decide. So you don't want to overpay yourselves 
because that'll harm the business, but you also don't want to underpay yourself because you wouldn't do that if you're working somewhere else. Yeah. And with a regular income, we're just going to invest 15% of what that month's income was. Maybe this month is 3000 next month is 4000 But at the end of the year, you will still have invested 15% of your total income. So uh, way to go. Congratulations on, on this new season that you're in, being a stay-at-home mom and the success of this business. We are cheering you on. This is The Ramsey Show. the Ramsey Show. This is your show, America. Give us a call, 888-825-5225. Friendly reminder, now that fall break is hitting here in uh, across the country, you can come visit us at our headquarters right here south of Nashville, Tennessee. We've had a great time uh, coming out about two times an hour, meeting folks from all around here in their stories. We've got free cookies, free coffee. We've got free mugs, Pretty much everything's free except for the bookstore. You can uh, purchase products as well. And there's a cool timeline wall, kind of the, the Ramsey Museum, I guess you can call it. <laughs> yeah, I guess And so. it's a really cool headquarters, and Nashville's a great city, so come visit us. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they're the number one online retailer of custom window covering. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Mark in New Jersey. Last year, my wife and I made over $310,000, and this year we've made $250,000, but we have still little to no savings. Last night, I decided to finally dig into it when I came... What I came up with after doing this is that there was about $120,000 blown on who knows what. This was a team effort that I think we equally contributed to. Every time I have a conversation with my wife about money, it seems to end up being a fight. She's a very rational person, so I'm sure it's the way I'm approaching it. How do I bring it up without causing a huge fight and allowing us to make a massive change? Wow. It's a good question, Mark. Um, yeah, I love that he was like, "I'm going to investigate." All right, turns out we blew 120 <laughs> grand on. I have no clue what. I don't know what. Just oh, stuff, man. That's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think I would start the conversation with, you know, it, I think in a humble way, Mark. I think there's always something, you know, with the humility side of like, man, I have, I have contributed to this, which you've already admitted, and and I've messed this up too. Like, I have not um, done a great job communicating with you. I haven't done a great job. Uh, staying on top of our money and making this a priority. So I'm sorry. Like there's just a level of humility there. And accountability. Yeah, that I think is a really beautiful way to approach it. It's very disarming when you do that and you kind of own your own stuff and you have this level of like, I didn't get it right. Um, And then obviously not letting her, you know, just... run off and be like, wow, yeah, that's sounds fine. like you really messed up. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, letting it start to be a conversation, though, of like, okay, so what do we want this to look like now? What do we as a team want to look and, and have a vision for our marriage? And what are our goals? What are we what are we wanting to do? Because you make great income, like you're saying, and to be able to say, man, let's just take this further and do it and do it on purpose. You know, it's okay to still spend money. That's the one thing that people think the Ramsey plan is like, you can't spend any money. No, you can once you 
don't have debt and you have an emergency fund, you've taken care of what you need to take care of, you can spend money and enjoy. So it's, um, I think it's having that conversation of like, hey, what does this look like for us? And let's still enjoy our lives. Well, let's do it on purpose with intentionality. Amen. Rachel, I wish you could just have that conversation for That's us. Right. But you know what? Mark, you know, I'll do it for you. No. But what this comes down to is not going, we, we have to get our budget today and you're really screwing this up. It starts with that vision where you go, hey, what are our goals for the year? Because I feel like we've been floating and we have nothing to show for it. We make amazing money, more than yep. we ever thought we would. And here we are with nothing in the bank. And it's all just stuff and food and shopping. And I, I feel like I've done a terrible job leading us in that way. And so I want to set some goals in our life. And once you set those goals, well, now we have to make changes and change some habits in order to actually achieve those goals. Yep. And one of those is we got to get on a budget. Yeah. And not to, you know, constrict us, but to give us freedom so that when we do spend, we do it with confidence, with no regret, and we're not derailing our goals. That's right. Now it's a different conversation. No regrets, so, right, John? No regrets, which we mentioned that in our in Smart Money Happy Hour, I explained to Rachel. I said it was an internet meme. It's beyond that, of course. It's a scene from Where the Millers, and Rachel was like, it's a great say one. what now? It's a great one. It's a great clip. Go check that out. So thank you for the question mark. This is not going to be easy, but man, it's going to be worth it. And I think if you approach it with that humility and accountability, it will go a long, long way. All right. Bridget joins us up next on the phones in Philadelphia. Bridget, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. What's going on? Well, so I'm in about uh, $18,000 worth of debt. Um, I only make about uh, 2,200 a month. And, um, I can pay all my bills, including my minimum payments for my credit cards, which is fantastic. However, um, per month, so I make about, um, 2,200 and my bills in total are about 1,150 or so. Um, every single month I take out about $600 in just plain cash from my cash wallet. So I don't spend any extra money. And I have about $450 remaining. So my question is, should I put all of that extra money into credit card payments or should I save some of that money to add to my savings? Because I only have a little over $1,000 in savings. But my problem is I don't have any extra money for um, like car maintenance or even just like yearly things like um, car registration and things like that. So I'm not really sure what to do with that extra cash that I have. Great question. And you've been doing a great job paying attention to your money, um, knowing exactly you. what you have, doing the envelope system. So you're on a roll here. And it's a great question when it comes to those kind of yearly maintenance expenses. And we would label those as sinking funds in your budget mm -hmm. to where you would add $10 a month, so at the end of the year, you have 120 to pay your car registration. Okay, absolutely. So um, that's that's something, I actually have binders for that. I just haven't actually contributed the, the money towards that. So I have everything prepared, I just haven't actually gotten to that point. Um, so so that that's helpful because I do worry that I'm not going to have the money to be able to do those things. And right. it's great to have an emergency fund, but sometimes I look at the emergency fund as like a true, true emergency. Yeah. Not something should. that I should have been planning for. For yeah. sure. Um, Bridget, what do you do for a living? 
Well, um, so I'm actually a supervisor for a call center for one of the state uh, professional licensing uh, departments. Okay. So for doctors, nurses, et cetera. Okay. That's great. Because um, I'm just looking at your income and it's coming out to about $26,000 a year. Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know... Um, the way to look at money is it flows two ways. It flows in and it flows out. And that flowing in part, your income, it's a part of the equation just to look at and factor into. And um, there's obviously something to be said about a wonderful work environment and enjoying what you do, having joy in it, all of that. But also you want to make sure that that it's paying you and that you can get ahead financially. Um, because, you know, living in Philadelphia, I know, I'm sure that, you know, that's a... It's, it's expensive. A, it's an expensive part of, of the country Even on the as outskirts. well. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, have you thought about maybe shifting jobs to, because I mean, you can make double that, I would think, somewhere else. Maybe not doing exactly the same thing, but any type of job. Have you looked at other leadership and supervisor roles that you could apply for? Well, so. Um, in terms of a job, no. However, I am looking into going to school um, for something in computer science. Um, my mother is absolutely wonderful and offered to pay for my schooling. Mm, that's a gift. Um, yeah, that's great. So I am thinking about doing that so that I can get more money because I know I'm just I'm I'm making enough to pay my bills, but I'm not making enough to pay them off completely and to really just enjoy living and saving and things of that nature yeah for sure yeah so i i mean that would be something i would consider too because again it's just part half of the equation um to get Mm -hmm. you even just further to pay off this eighteen thousand. but yeah so besides the sinking funds that extra 450 a month um i would for sure stay current on all of your payments um and then anything extra you have be throwing it at that smallest debt whether it's a credit card or whatever it may be so um but again, getting that income up, I think, is going to really help you put gas on this. And which in the I meantime, it may look like side hustles and, you know, food delivery, grocery delivery, you name it. There's a lot of things out there you could do. I mean, even the call center world, customer service, there's things you can do nights and weekends to increase income for now. But that's going to really make you feel some progress with this debt-free journey because yeah. right now you're just chipping away at it. And I want you to take a sludgehammer to that Yeah, thing. you're doing a great job. If you have that same motivation, the exact same attitude you have, but how Having more money and dollar signs on top of it, you're going to get through it so much faster. Deep sacrifice for a short period of time. It is so worth it. Thanks for the call, Bridget. This is The Ramsey Show. It's no secret we love talking money around here, but we know not everyone feels that way. And that's why Rachel Cruz and myself started thinking about what it would be like to talk money for those who would just rather have some fun. And so we decided we can mix the two. We can make money fun again, Rachel. So last week, we launched our new Ramsey podcast called Smart Money Happy Hour, where Rachel and I dig into the stuff you and your friends would talk about or you wish they would talk about at a weekly happy hour. Things like pop culture, what's going on in the world, and how to afford a life you love. It's fun, casual money advice that will make you feel less stressed and more in control of your money. Plus, there are some hilarious moments 
that you do not want to miss. We promise you'll also walk away learning something. Uh, This week's episode dropped today. It's all about Disney adults, Disney trauma, and why they priced out the middle class. And uh, I take the brunt of it on the trauma part, Rachel. I was very (laughs) honest with my Disney trauma. You'll have to listen in to figure out what happened there. So if you love Disney, hate Disney, this episode is for you. Wildly entertaining. Go ahead and follow or subscribe to Smart Money Happy Hour wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Thursday, and you won't miss one if you hit that follow button. Check it out. All right. Bill joins us up next in Dayton, Ohio. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, so, uh, yeah, I got my dream job, uh, remote job, a couple months ago. And so now I get to uh, leave cold Florida and move to um, cold Ohio, I'm sorry, and move to Florida. Awesome. Nice. Um, yeah. So um, I've been doing some house hunting. Um, I've got a contract on my paid for home here in Ohio. And uh, everything that kind of seems to fit my uh, what I want down there is around the 700000 mark. So um, I'm going to get about... 289 from my current house and I've got about 335 in the bank. Way to go. Um, so that puts that puts me at like 626. So I'm going to have to get a small mortgage cuz um you know I don't want to put it all down. So the reason I'm calling is to try to figure out how much should I keep in my emergency fund um you know and how much should I put down on the house. So um I make about 215k a year and 65 of that's from military retirement so it's passive income cool and will that change once you're in florida uh no okay same same income same income well it'll drop a little bit the income will drop about four thousand a year just because of locality so what is your monthly expenses to cover all of the the normal bills maybe a few of the subscriptions some of those luxuries what would it take to cover one month uh yeah, so I figured that out yesterday driving back, and uh, it comes out to about uh, $2,400 a month. Okay. okay. And do you have, are you married, Bill, kids? I've uh, grown kids and, and single right now with uh, a great girlfriend. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it comes out to about, yeah, 6200 Um mm-hmm. I would go for six months if I'm in your shoes. Yeah, I would put. I would. I think I'd put probably ten down, um, because you are single. You don't have kids. All of that. Like I think. I think you have a great income. So yeah, if an emergency came up, you, you can cash, cash flow, flow a lot. So I would probably just hold ten bill for an emergency fund, and then 10, put the. Okay. Yeah, I would, and then put the rest. Yeah, towards this mortgage, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. What well done, Bill. That's. I mean, this is this is pretty incredible that you're able to do this. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm happy to be in a happy to be a, a Ramsey uh, um, success story. So. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> Absolutely go, incredible. Well, Do you have anything in retirement? Oh yeah, I've got uh, probably another eight hundred thousand in oh, retirement. Oh gosh, fund. yeah. So you're an everyday millionaire, crushing it. Yes, ma'am. Baby steps millionaire. Well done. We love. Well to hear done, it. Bill. Well, Bill. The all the, the other truth is that if your expenses go up, you could easily save another five thousand in there within a month or two with your income. Yeah, that's true. So, in Florida, if, it, gets, if yeah. it is more worth, yep. Once you get over there and if you feel a little bit insecure about you know the emergency fund, just go up to that six months, which would be closer to 15, and call it a day. But you're in a great spot, man. Thanks for the call. All right, coming up, we've got Digger in Greenville, South Carolina. Digger, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, I am a public school teacher, and uh, I make about 66000 a year. 
Um, I had a couple of bumps in the road over the last couple of years. Um, and my real question is I've got the thousand dollars in my, uh, in my savings, the emergency fund. And, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot extra per month to throw at my debt. And my employer won't let me stop contributing to my retirement. They're mandating that I can't opt out and I have to give 9% to it every month. That's the minimum is 9%. So I'm wondering if I'm, I'm sorry. Is the minimum 9%? Yeah, that I have to give nine percent. Okay, and this is slowing down your debt-free um, journey. Um, I'm I'm not. I I mean, I really want to go at this and get my debt gone, but it just seems like I'm not. I don't have enough to really put a significant debt in anything. How much debt do you have? Uh. Well, um, South Carolina has, I owe back taxes of 4,100. Um, my car loan is 6,700. Uh, the federal government wants 12,100 and my credit card is 18,000. What do you mean by federal government? That taxes, I don't know. I IRS? Sold a house. I, yeah, I sold a house and, uh, didn't save enough back for, uh, the taxes I would owe on the profit. And so... Okay. I'm still paying off. So you owe all, about over 16 that. total to the IRS. Mm, well, South Carolina wants 4100 and the feds want 12100 So total, together it's like 16 too. Okay. And well, any other debt besides that in the car loan? Credit cards. Uh, credit cards, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you have a great income. It stinks that they're mandating this 9%. It does slow you down because that 9% could have been going towards your debt. But is there any way you could increase oh, yeah, your income? $700. Sorry? So how can we make up for that 700 through working more? Could you tutor, substitute, teach, do side hustles in order to create $700 a month to speed up this process? Well, I can't. I mean, my, my job is 7 to 4 every day, and I can't. So I can't substitute, and tutoring is not really an option here. Um, it's a very rural community that I live in, so it's not something like that. I was thinking of getting a second job or something like that. You could do weekends. Um, you yeah. Know, I heard you say something about CSRs or something like that where I could work from home, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, now looking looking at this, Digger, I mean, you said um, that you've had some bumps in the road and stuff, and so it's it's been probably been a long journey for you, and you're probably exhausted feeling like, I should be further along than I am. And so I'm sure there's just frustration and, and annoyance of even these taxes. I mean, all of it, right? It's not it's not fun to look at these numbers and you're not like, oh man. But there's a, but there's five, also- Five years ago, I owned my own home and I had zero debt. Mm. And, and then I lost my job for uh, 14 months mm. due to a hostile work environment and- that's where the credit card went to 18000 and then I got the, yeah. finally got found out about the taxes from the federal government and the state. Kind of all hit me all at once. And yeah. I bought a car, you know, believing I was going to work at my place. I mean, I love what I do, but um, just everything hit me at once. And, yeah. you know, that's what, put, you know, I was, I was ready to do the pay off the house or the, mm. You know, the live debt free and all that stuff, and I yeah. just got nailed with forty thousand dollars worth of debt. Oh, just, I'm so it's sorry. It's really hard to stay positive. Yep. Because I'm single and I'm fifty and. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, it's I under just, no totally. Rough. I I hear you, and it feels like it's that it's that season of life where it's like something goes wrong, everything goes wrong. We kind of laugh and say when Murphy hits, it's like his brother and his other brother move in with you, right? And it's just like, oh my God, does life just keep kicking me when I'm down? And it's that feeling. But you know what? We've seen these. We've seen numbers just like this before on the debt-free stage, and they do it. And it's going to take some time. But I want you to map it out and say, hey, if I took a weekend job, how much do I need to make and how long would it take me to pay this off? And when you have facts in front of you too, it takes the emotion out and it helps you stay motivated. So hang on the line. We're going to give you Total Money Makeover, uh, one of the best books to help you get re-motivated in all of this. Uh, And you can do this, Digger. You can do this. Today, Philippians 2 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Chris Pratt said, I'm a man of faith, and I believe that God works in mysterious ways and gives us signs and gifts in life. And those gifts oftentimes come in the form of people. Oh, that's George, nice. that's you're sweet. a gift to my life. Wow. Look at that. How do you I feel was, about that? I didn't know that was we were going there, but I really appreciate you're a that. Gift. Yes. Thank you nice I'm, friendship we have here james never says that to me so <laughs> james are you, we james. a gift in your life totally are oh, oh, he's so a great glad. actor chris <laughs> pratt and james both great actors <laughs> all right i'm george campbell she's rachel cruz this is the ramsey show Triple eight eight two five five two two five. alex joins us up next in virginia beach alex welcome to the show hey guys thank you very much yeah how can we help today Yes, I, I'm 24 years old. I recently graduated college and I've always been forward thinking. So I'm trying to save money as a down payment for a house. Awesome. But I have this addiction of investing and with the market going down month over month, I just can't stop transferring money to my brokerage account and buying index funds. And so for like a year now, my savings account slash emergency fund slash down payment for a house has really just stayed at like between six and eight thousand and but my uh, investing account has grown quite a bit cool and so what's your question for us today is there a like a behavior an emotional uh idea like a concept i can change about how i'm thinking about this to stop the investing or like a mathematical reason I should save cash instead of enabling and buying these dips every every two weeks or so and just get on the get on the wagon and start increasing this security deposit. Mm. Well I think part of the problem is math is what got us into this thing because you were looking at the investment going, well I can make way more money in the market than it's sitting in a bank account, right? Yeah, well, yeah, over time. And you're excited to, like, buy low. Is that what's happening, too? It's, like, this exciting game to you. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. 
down 20% year to date, 25% since January. Yep, yep. Really. Well, when do you want to buy a house? Probably at least a year from now. Okay. But maybe closer to three. Because I'm just a single guy right now, so I don't feel like a two-bedroom house would be necessary and condos aren't really appealing. So I would prefer three or more years from now, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think, Alex, there's something I'm just curious of your... I understand that, like, man, it's kind of this game and it's kind of exciting in a weird way (laughs) because the market is down and you're like, oh my gosh, I could put money in here and then if it goes up here, I'm going to make this much more. And it's there's like a kind of this adrenaline feeling that you're doing and you're not doing anything dangerous. I mean, you're buying index funds, you know, but a lot of our long-term strategy with investing is to be like, okay, we're going to just ride it out and have a steady plan of investing 15% of our income and kind of just staying with that instead of playing this this game that you're it's it's like an emotional thing for you to do um and again it's not terrible you're not like going and buying all these you know single stocks and all of that i mean the index yeah. fund it's it's you're not going to fine. vegas here you're not blowing yeah. the money you're you're doing too much of a good thing and it's turning into a bad thing yeah And so I would refocus it on those goals that you have, which is I want to buy a house and in three years from now, I don't want to look up and I have the same number in my portfolio because the market kept dipping up and down, which is why we say, hey, if you got a short time horizon, don't invest. If you're going to be purchasing a home in the next three years, put it in a high yield savings account. And the point is not for the money to grow. The point is to protect what you're trying to grow in that savings account. Yeah. So I think, Alex, if you had more of a... um time frame with buying a house because I feel like you're a goal-oriented person and so shooting for something tangible is motivating and I just don't feel like you have that right now right because you're like "Ah, I could buy a house in a year it could be three years I'm seeing I mean so there's you don't have this big why to keep money I mean I I don't want you to drain an emergency fund by any means Um, but you almost need to figure out this new a new goal for you and I don't know if it's just a dollar amount um and maybe you you direct that dollar amount towards a down payment later down the road. But like my husband is like this, Alex. He is a numbers guy. He's like, at the end of the year, I want X amount in the in the money market account that I can see. And it's like, that's motivating for him. And for me, I'm like, I want to know the why. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to go on vacation with it? Is it going to just sit there? If it sits there, that's great. I just need to know what we're doing with it. So I don't know if it's a number for you that's kind of more of a fun game to say, hey, I want to put this much away. Um, by the end of 2023 and not touch it and, and, and have the discipline not to just throw it in the market, um, but kind of create that own game, that own game you're playing in the index fund world, play that somewhere else, but you can still have that um, motivation to still hit these numbers and this goal because that's, that's a fun part of money too. Oh, yeah. And Alex, you're completely debt-free with an emergency fund? Um, I have a $4,000 car debt that I'm paying my dad because he sold it to me at 0% interest. Uh, but that's it. So four grand for a car. Oh, there's no your new goal. And yeah, pay that off as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. Especially since your dad's hold- holding the loan. Ugh, just get, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes Thanksgiving awkward. So right. do you enjoy money? Do you spend it? Um, I've had to flex that, like learn to flex that muscle, the spending muscle. Um, but yeah, I've given myself a hundred dollars, sometimes 150 every week for whatever I want, eating out, um, going to the movies, um, things like that. Just miscellaneous okay. spending. What's your income? Um, $45 an hour, I think, uh, is 93,000 a year. Awesome. So that's another thing that's 
pushing me into the saving cash direction. I'm a contracted software developer, and they let me know my contract will likely not be extended in January. So I know I'm losing my job in January. And I'm putting, I'm doing some things to fix that, right? I'm speaking with the recruiter, and my current boss would happily give me a referral. But um, that also is partially why I call too, because I really do need to save up cash if I hypothetically can't get a job the second I leave my current one. Yeah, for sure. And I would, I would try to have something lined up. Thankfully, you're in a great uh, career space, though. I mean, you're you're going to make mm-hmm. great money, and there's a need <laughs> for what you do. So I don't think yep. you'll have a big issue finding a job. But that's exactly right, right? So like all this kind of stuff, this life. Um, situations that you're in from the debt to the job. I mean, let that, yeah, that needs to be your motivator to be like, man, I, I got to hit this dollar amount in order for me to feel good about that transition out of my job. And Rachel, we talk about this all the time on the show. There's only three things you can do with money. Give, save, and spend. Yep. And sometimes we can, usually we're leaning into the saving like Alex or we're leaning into the spending. And sometimes when you release it through giving, it just changes your outlook on money. And if you're saving too much, enjoy some of it Mm -hmm. and do something fun to remind you that money is a tool. And when we do just one thing, it kind of gives us a blurry picture of what this money was meant for. That's a great point, George. Yeah. So even Alex, I mean, that generosity piece too, uh, I think is a very, very important one. So be giving something, uh, practice building that muscle as well um the saving one yeah like you got down um but but be more focused intentionally on what you're saving for and have a purpose and a why behind the savings which could help you not feel like you're just like oh gosh playing this market kind of game yeah and joy can come from all three things from saving and give you some great peace and joy from spending we can have joy and incredible experiences and buying some fun things but giving man there are some Wow, that joy surpasses both of those combined. And so just practice those three things in moderation, and I think that will help give you a more healthy relationship with your money. But you're doing great. I mean, this is a great spot to be in at 24, making 93K, and he's got that savings muscle down, and so we just need to flex some of the other muscles because I skipped leg day for, what, 33 years running now. (laughs) And this is what you get. You fit into skinny jeans, people, when you skip leg day for 33 years. George. I'll get there, Rachel. Winston's going to start working out with me, right? That's right. He will. He will. That dude looks like a Ken doll. He's crushing the game. <laughs> well, that puts, very this, strapping. that puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, and all the folks in the booth for keeping the show afloat into you, America. We thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, subscribe, and let other people know about this. We love to impact more and more people. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Until next time, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Do you love a good day, Brandt? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got more where that came from. Ever wondered how to win in business and leadership? I'm George Camel, host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear exceptional advice, origin stories, and practical strategies for success. These weekly conversations with America's brightest business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs will help you succeed in all areas of business and leadership. 
Listen to the Entree Leadership Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.